This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. All right, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Listen, I want to share my entire story through gym ownership, coaching, um, the the different you know people that I've had the opportunity to work with over the years, and a lot of this is coming because it seems like that is a common question that comes across on social media and through messages from you guys all the time. Is you know tips for junior coaches getting started, you know the best way to grow your gym. Um, just everybody's looking to 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 find the way to 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 reach the top, to to make it to be the best possible coach that they can. And and although I do agree that that is a very admirable thing to do, um, I do want to tell you that it's often not something that happens overnight. It, there is a long journey that is involved. There is adversity. There are twists and turns in the story. It can go a number of different ways. So I wanted to share my entire story with you guys and just the experiences that I've had over the past 10 plus years of coaching clients and running gyms. And I hope it's insightful for you. I hope that you can get some lessons out of it. And then really, if you have follow-up questions, I always want to encourage you guys to feel free to reach out to me and to ask any questions that you have that go in really in line with um, anything, training, program design, uh, personal development, it, really anything is on the table at any point. So uh, before we jump into the show, first and foremost, I need your help as always. I want you guys to stop the show right now. Go ahead and give the show a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. And uh, again, we, we love that we get to see what you guys think about the show, and we love interacting with you on top of that. And ultimately, that helps us to get this show into the ears of more people just like yourself so that they can plug in and they can grow inside of their education and their you know thoughts around training nutrition and really just fitness in general and then the other thing you could do would be to take a screenshot on your phone and then post it on your instagram story and then go ahead and tag me in it i am at coach cody on instagram and again i love to, i love to see the the post when you go out there because i love connecting with you guys inside of the dms and uh, of course sharing your post on my story as well so again we're going to go ahead and jump into my story and i want to thank you for joining me today now, my story of really, you really got to go, go back about, you know, 12 to 15 years at this point. Um, you know, I got out of the high school and really didn't have any sort of direction. I was having a lot of issues with, uh, you know, my high school sweetheart. Uh, I was low on confidence. I had gained a ton of weight and really was in a bad place mentally. And uh, at the time, I had a good friend. His name was Josh. And, you know, I would spend a lot of time after, you know, getting off work and stuff like that with him and his family. And his dad at the time had uh, only had a few years outside of the military. He had spent some time in the Navy. And uh, my buddy Josh was actually going through the, the, you know, the steps that you need to to get into the Navy himself. And, you know, they had this great thought like, hey, man, it would be a good opportunity for you to really start some things over and to, you know, change your life. You know, I was working a pipe fitting apprenticeship at the time and, uh, you know, getting, you know, these huge PVC pipes into the dirt every single day and getting the primer in my eyes and all these things is just something that I just couldn't imagine spinning myself or spending years doing that uh, for really for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, ultimately that landed on me walking into a Navy recruiter's office and uh, went ahead and joined up in the military. And, um, you know, at the time, I actually couldn't get in the military because I was too overweight. I, at the thing, I think I weighed probably around 200, gosh, probably 290 pounds at the time. 
and uh, I knew nothing of training and nutrition. I've actually, I had actually never worked out outside of the sports that I had played, you know, in, in high school and, and basically throughout my entire youth, I played baseball and football and <clears throat> uh, never really great in any of them. I could have definitely maybe progressed into like a lower level college at baseball, but I'd actually given that up too, because, you know, at the time I, I thought the, you know, the woman that I was spending all my time with in high school was going to be the person I would spend the rest of my life with. And I wanted to do nothing else other than spend time with her. And, uh, you know, that led me into a place where I lost my identity. And here I was joining the Navy. I was overweight and really trying to get myself, uh, you know, back on some sort of course as to figuring out what I was going to do with my life. So joined the Navy and I uh, had to lose all this weight. So like most people, you go to the bookstore and you try to look for these diet books. And, you know, the advice that I would got from my naval recruiter at the time was that I needed to go low carb. He said, you need to go low carb. You need to start running. So that landed me inside of the bookstore and uh, buying a book called The Atkins Diet by Dr. Uh, something Atkins, I'm sure. Uh, I forget now. But, um, you know, I started doing the Atkins Diet and this meant eating just basically nothing but protein and, and really no carbs because I wasn't a big fan of vegetables at the time. So that meant that I would basically eat nothing but protein and, you know, started getting into running. And I remember the first time I went out on a run, I think I ran for about 10 minutes and I got tired and actually had to stop. I was running in, uh, you know, one of the back roads where I grew up in, in Virginia. And, you know, I, you know, in, in Virginia, on some of those back roads out there in the country, you got these like giant like horseflies. They, guys, they'll literally just follow you and bite you and land on you. And it's so annoying. And I remember running and just being so tired. And about 10 minutes in, I had to stop and start walking and uh, turned around and ended up running, you know, walking back to my house. So again, started running at about 10 minutes for one, you know, length. And obviously it got a little bit better as I did it more and more. And then I started to lose weight. Um, so this went on for the entire summer, and I actually made it to a spot where my recruiter felt competent to send me to the processing area uh, called MEPS. So went to MEPS, signed up in the Navy, made the weight, uh, medical checks were good, and then I was off. So the problem with that, though, is that I had lost that weight in a very bad way. And um, once I joined the Navy and got in and started uh, you know, spending my times, you know, being on watch and, and all these different things, I found myself gaining that weight back. And then if you factor in that during that time, I had also turned 21 as well. So that meant lots of drinking, lots of eating out, lots of basically treating my body extremely poorly and uh, found myself gaining weight again. Uh, you know, around about that time, I ended up linking up with uh, a man, a, a guy inside of uh, my division at the time of the uh, Gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the technical school that I went to for the military to learn my job. And um, he basically introduced me to the weight room. So I found myself inside of these different base gyms. And at the time, this, you know, this guy would essentially run me around all the different machines. We would do the, you know, the leg press machine and the squat machine and the leg extension. We did abs every day and then we would do some sort of cardio every single day. And um, I, I really found myself falling in love with fitness and how I felt. And, you know, this led later on to me starting to work out. And, and this entire time, I'm still in my technical school for the military. <clears throat> so I found myself, you know, going on runs with some of the special forces guys and doing well, we would do crazy things like carry logs on our shoulders, you know, running down the beach. And, you know, I had no aspirations at the time to do any sort of special forces work. But 
um, I, you know, I would definitely enjoy the exercise and stuff that I would do with them. So I'm hitting the gym. I'm doing a little extra with the special forces guys. And I've really, really, really started to develop a love for working out. Now, fast forward a little bit. I uh, graduated my technical school and went on to, to my first Navy ship. Once I got on board that Navy ship, I found myself, you know, basically in the same sort of you know, slide that I did before. I didn't really know anybody on the ship. The people that I did know were big drinkers and, you know, not really into the whole fitness thing. So there I am again, eating out, drinking a lot and found myself gaining weight again. I mean, in through the course of a couple of years, I probably went as low as 220 and got all the way up to about 285, 290 several times. I mean, this went, I ballooned up and down uh, a couple times just through these, you know, these same practices. And you know, once I got into the ship and then, you know, we went on our first deployment, the first thing that every single Navy person does when you go on an deployment is they start working out. The goal is always to, you know, get lean, start working out and be nice and lean and muscular when you get back into port from your deployment. That's just a typical thing that everybody likes to do. So that entire deployment, I spent so much money on protein and creatine and all these different things. And I uh, was taking every supplement under the sun and spending all of my off time during deployment in the gym working out. And the only problem during that time that I found is that the results that I was getting were not as good as I had hoped. The the exercise programs that I were using, I was using the supplements that I was using, all these things did not deliver on the results that they said they would. And uh, a lot of that, you know, kind of looking back, a lot of that had to have come down to the poor nutrition practices, I mean, the, the ship the, the ship would serve, I would say, not the best food for most people, but, you know, they did the best they could, but it's not exactly a way to get a nice nutritious meal, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Another thing that probably went into it, you know, now that, you know, I know the science and I know the things that go into it is that sleep was also an issue, stress was always high, there was all these things that were kind of going against me. So, you know, this went on, we got back from deployment, wasn't quite where I wanted to be physically, found myself this time though, because during that deployment, I ended up uh, wandering down to the hangar bay at, at one day during um, some of my off time, and I saw a group of Marines downstairs kind of, uh, you know, doing the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu thing, or, you know, what they would call the Marine Corps Martial Arts. So I joined in with them, got choked out a handful of times. And, you know, the first thing I did when I got back was I decided that I wanted to join a martial arts gym. Uh, so I actually walked in. The gym was called uh, the Eastern Academy of Martial Arts in uh, Portsmouth, Virginia. And then I went in and I joined up. I didn't ask any questions, bought a gi, and then I started training twice a week, sometimes three times a week. And what was cool was that I also, the school was just, it was pretty new, and they uh, had a lot of junior instructors. So they actually trained during the day. So I would actually go during the day, train with a bunch of the instructors, and then go back in the evening, and I would train again. So I was training four sessions just jujitsu. And then, uh, go, you know, the rest of the time, obviously, I'd be going to work and things like that. And um, I really developed a love for martial arts during that time. So during that time, though, I actually had fallen right back into drinking and partying again. So I, I would say that my martial arts kind of countered what I was doing with uh, all the drinking and smoking and all the, the, you know, the improper treatment of my body. And this pretty much led me, you know, down this path of I was the the guy that could, you know, smoke a pack of cigarettes and still go and choke somebody inside of jujitsu. And then, um, you know, if we fast forward a little bit from there, I went in one year for a physical. And this physical, I, uh, you know, I remember it just like it was yesterday. It really shook my world. 
you know, just, you know, most people go in and they get a physical once a year. And I went into this physical and the doctor had done a chest x-ray and listened to my heart and, you know, did my blood pressure and we did some blood work. And the report that he gave me pretty much shattered everything that uh, I I had been doing and, and really shined a light on some of the negatives that I was. He put the chest x-ray up on side of, you know, there's like this lighted, this lighted board inside of a lot of these uh, hospital rooms. So, you know, he put the chest x-ray up there and I could see, uh, you know, a series of lines that were running through my lungs. And he says, you know, this is the beginnings of, um, you know, lung issues that will materialize into some serious diseases later on. You know, at the time I'm in my early 20s and it was like, this is a pattern that I see sometimes in late 40s and early 50 year olds. And you're already having it in your lower 20s. And you're borderline hypertensive and your blood and you have high blood pressure. And all of these things happen at once. Keep in mind, my dad is diabetic. My mom has kidney issues overweight people and, and, or I'm sorry, you know, a lot of people in my family are overweight and have various heart and lung related issues. And here I am walking in the same line as my family. And uh, I left that day with this renewed courage and this renewed idea that I was never going to have that same report from a doctor ever again. So doubled down on my martial arts training and I started really to pay attention to the types of things that I would eat. Uh, started paying a lot more attention to getting fruits and vegetables in every day, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, and uh, really starting to fall in love again with exercising. And this time I fell in love with exercising for the simple fact of wanting to be good in my martial arts. Then I found myself from jujitsu getting into um, MMA. I had a uh, had ten amateur fights. Uh, had the privilege of winning all of them. I always joke around and say that I'm a YouTube sensation. You can actually look up the fights that I was in on t- on YouTube. You just type in Cody Smith MMA, and there's a there's a handful of fights that were recorded by good friends of mine. <clears throat> and uh, really did the MMA thing for a long time. Now during that time, I'd actually gotten out of the military and uh, joined a company uh, as a government contractor. At that government contracting company, I actually linked up with my first business partner. His name was actually Garrett. And uh, I won't put out his last name because I want you guys to go look him up. He's, I think, believe he's a ghost on social media anyways. But, <clears throat> uh, you know, ended up linking up with my, my good friend Garrett. And uh, we were, um, at the time, starting to get into this thing called CrossFit. You know, and CrossFit for me was the perfect strength and conditioning program for my MMA career. And uh, he was getting into it just based off of some conversations that we had. And, you know, we really started to develop this training relationship to where we would do workouts together all the time before we would go on to our different shifts that we had at the uh, contracting company that we worked for. And, uh, you know, one day we had this crazy idea. We're sitting on the watch floor in the middle of the night. You know, we, were, we stood night shifts for 12 hours and, you know, we're sitting next to each other on the night shift. And I looked at him and I said, we should open a CrossFit gym. And he was like, let's do it. So, you know, the next day, I actually, I, I woke up and I would go train my martial arts before I would go into my night shift. It started at 6 p.m. So I'd wake up usually, you know, 1, 2 p.m. after getting home in the morning and I would sleep most of the day, get up. And then I would go train martial arts. And I walked in and I walked right up to my coach and I said, coach, I want to start a martial arts gym here. Or I'm sorry, I want to start a CrossFit gym here. And, uh, you know, we had a little bit of small talk about it and ultimately landed on a yes. 
and uh, you know went and got my certification, my CrossFit Level One in North Carolina at the time. Um, I had no money to my name. I was also in a very tumultuous relationship at the time, and and there was no money really to, you know, I didn't have two quarters rubbed together, and I I remember putting my certification on a credit card, and uh, at the same time ordering a barbell and my first kettlebell. And, uh, you know, funny thing is I still have that barbell in my gym to this day. I refuse to get rid of it. I just kind of hide it in random places because it's always a token and always a reminder of the journey and of all the crazy things that uh, I have experienced over my years of doing this thing. So went to my first certification, uh, ended up getting certified. My, my buddy Garrett went to that one as well. And then uh, we ended up opening our gym. We started our gym actually in the second story of the martial arts facility that I was at. And what's funny about that is because if you're familiar, you know, you guys have been following me for a period of time, I'm going to make the assumption that you probably know a little bit about what CrossFit is. And what's funny about doing CrossFit in a second story building is that you typically are able to drop barbells. You're typically able to drop kettlebells and dumbbells and all these things. You're working out with intensity and oftentimes being able to just simply get rid of something, you know, out of your hand as quickly as possible is usually something that goes hand in hand with that. But keep in mind, we're in a second story. So we spent literally two years growing a CrossFit program in a second story. We would put holes through the ceiling uh, or through the floor, which would be the changing roof ceiling, of uh, the room that was under us, and uh, we broke boards. We had to reinforce the different joists that ran over top of the changing rooms. I mean, it was a mess, but we grew our following to about 50 people, and eventually my coaches decided that it was time for us to move everything, so they were moving their martial arts studio down the street to an old Harley-Davidson dealership and asked me if I would be interested in continuing to run my business out of theirs and that they would offer me a space that was the outside like probably like the old repair shop area and they and they were going to take the showroom area so I went from you know at the time of that I had about 250 maybe what's where I'm not probably more than that maybe 500 to 600 square feet that I ran my gym out of we had pull-up bars that were made out of steel like plumbing piping that we had uh, screwed into the ceiling and we had uh, got a couple hundred pounds of plates by then and we had about seven or eight barbells and some kettlebells and you know we had started to kind of put together a series uh, you know a good amount of gear now we ended up moving over to this Harley Davidson dealership and I grew from five to 600 square feet into about 1500 square feet. And uh, we were off to the races. We started to grow our, you know, I started to grow my business. At that same time, my business partner decided that running a business was not something he was interested in. And uh, what was funny about that is that his wife and him had basically done all of the, you know, all of the admin, all of the paperwork, all the legal stuff, that was really their tier. And I was kind of the muscle. I was the trainer. Um, I was the guy doing a lot of the programming and a lot of the coaching. And they basically handled all of the other stuff. And, uh, you know, Garrett was a good coach as well. He, he just primarily worked with the admin stuff and, and didn't do as much of the coaching and, and, and the day-to-day operation as I was doing day-to-day. So, you know, he basically told me he was out and they handed me a uh, black you know, a black and clear, basically a Tupperware container with a bunch of files in it. And, uh, you know, here you go. Figure it out, dude. Um, You know, I had no accountant, no idea how to pay taxes, none of this stuff. And um, here I am trying to figure out how to do it. I had just grown into a bigger facility. And um, and then one thing I want to throw in there, guys, and what's really funny about it 
is that I was also going through a pretty horrible divorce at the same time and custody battle. So custody battle, divorce, um, getting a business handed over to me that I had no idea what I was doing and it was growing. So, you know, it was really trial by fire. And, and I say that because I want you guys who are out there listening, who are coaches to really understand that, um, it's the times like these that really de- develop character. It's the times like that that really show you how much you want something and if you're willing to go the you know the extra mile to do something because I was so unwilling to walk away from this, you know, this dream that I had that I was willing to figure all of that out while growing into something by myself, working full time, going through a custody battle and a divorce. Right. So you, you can imagine the type of character that is built during that time um, was something I'll never replace. It, it, you know, and I just had a conversation with somebody today about how something doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Those exact things, you know, that time right now with covid, all of those things were happening to me to teach me lessons and to really test me. Right. Because now I'm definitely able to handle a lot more things that I couldn't handle before. And that 100 percent came from this exact situation. So um, kind of get back into the story a little bit. So, you know, about that time uh, I was going through the custody battle, all these really terrible things were going on. I'd actually been separated with my uh, ex-wife for um almost a year at that point and, um, ended up dating. I broke the, the cardinal rule and ended up dating one of my clients. And, um, you know, she was basically everything I could have ever hoped for in a, in a, in a partner in a, in a person that I needed. She was the person that I needed, you know, she was the person that I needed more than ever in that situation. She was a support network for me. She was a coach. She loved working out and, um, she believed in my dreams. So, you know, during all that time, you know, we started dating. I'm going through this horrible situation. And, um, I, you know, when her and I actually started dating, my divorce was almost final. And, um, you know, in the state of Virginia, you have to be separated for a year. So you have to be separated and, and not living together for a year when you have a child before you can finalize a divorce. And I know other states have different rules and stuff like that. So, you know, we... Um, I don't want you guys to think that like I, I, I cheated on my wife. There was a, I'm not going to go into the story here on, on, you know, publicly, but there, there was some pretty screwed up stuff that had happened to me and, um, you know, basically led me into a situation where I, you know, I found myself in this separation, this divorce. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time alone and then ended up uh, dating my wife now. And, um, you know, during that time, she, again, like I said, she was the person that I needed her to be. And, you know, eventually all that stuff subsided and uh, I ended up, you know, continuing my relationship with, you know, uh, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife. And, um, you know, fast forward about another six, seven months and, um, you know, she was in the military. So guess what? This found us in a situation to where she was due to select orders. And, um, you know, we were, um, we eventually got engaged and married. And, and this, meant, this meant with her selection of orders that we were going to find ourselves in Washington State, which is where we are currently. So, you know, I had to make a decision at the time to where I had a, a growing gym and a growing following. I had hung up the martial arts hat and decided not to pursue that because I love running, you know, being a coach and and running a gym so much. And um, I basically had to hang, you know, decide, make a decision as to what I was going to do with that gym and all the people that had supported it for so long. And 
at the time I had two really, really good coaches. One of them, his name was Van. He actually started this podcast with me. If you go back to some of the earlier episodes, you'll actually hear him on them. Um, this was, you know, three or four years ago. And, uh, you know, I had another female coach and, and I basically went to them and I said, look, one of you two gets to decide you can, <clears throat> you can have this gym. I don't want anything from it. I just simply want these people to continue to be able to train. You can have this gym and continue it, or I'm going to close it. And, uh, one of the, 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 the female name was Jesse. She decided to say like, look, I'm going to take this thing on, um, I'm going to buy some of your gear from you and I'm going to keep running this thing and keep, uh, keep this thing going. And she ended up taking over the gym and uh, I gave her all my clientele, everything that I had, all of my information, and I just handed it over to her and I took, you know, a good amount of gear that I wanted to keep and moved it all the way to Washington. So fast forward, here I am, middle of the summer, just moved to Washington State. I, uh, my, my wife was in the military as a nurse. She was spending all of her time there. And, uh, you know, a nurse typically works a 12-hour shift, so this meant that I was at home with my oldest son by myself and was scheming. You know, I started to run, um, started to take on a, a couple clients that I had found through social media and through our, uh, my website that I decided to keep up. Started to pick up on a handful of clients inside of my garage that, where I was training, and I had a full garage gym with tons of machine, tons of barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells. I mean, basically everything you need to run classes, but inside of a garage. Um, at the time, I'd actually taken a gig coaching a little bit at a, at a local gym because I wanted to keep my skills up in training people and didn't want to lose that. And, um, you know, I was running a small barbell club there and on Olympic weightlifting and was coaching a little bit out of my garage gym. And, you know, I, I decided to get a realtor and I was going to start to look at places where I could open my facility again. And uh, that was the only dream is that I couldn't imagine myself really going and working for anybody again, um, because <clears throat> it just wasn't something I could see myself doing. I mean, during that time in Virginia, when my gym started to grow, I actually got to a point where I could quit my job. And um, I was in a very toxic environment there where people would often make fun of me because I had this dream of running a gym and being an entrepreneur. And, you know, I working with a bunch of people that don't really understand that concept of you can create and you can produce and you can design your life to be anything you want it to be. Working around those people all the time was really a drag on me. Um, so I'd quit that job, and I just couldn't imagine going back to a job like that. So I found a real estate agent, started looking for local places here where I can open my facility. I didn't really have much money to my name that I could uh, start a business with, but I had a dream, and I had an idea, and I was going to pursue it, and my wife was on board with that. And, uh, you know, and, and bless her heart for, for standing by me for so long to, through that period of time as I figured it out. So I really couldn't find a place to put a facility, though. And uh, I basically reached the end of my rope. I had been out of work and doing, you know, minimal stuff on the side coaching and wasn't really making an income or, or making any sort of strides towards what my goal was. And my wife had to have a, a hard conversation with me. And she was like, look, I believe in your dreams, but, you know, we can't go on like this financially much longer. You're going to have to go back and get a job. So I spent an entire day, you know, going, and I was, a, I was a veteran. So most veterans will go through places like monster jobs. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. And uh, USA jobs to, to put our, you know, us being a veteran to use and uh, spent the entire day looking for a job and uh, ended up landing an interview with UPS. And 
Um, what, what's really interesting about kind of this, you know, culmination of events coming together is that uh, during that time, you know, I'm filling out uh, job applications for USA Jobs. I got an interview to, to go and to be a part of, um, have, a, have an interview with UPS. And at that same time, I actually was, uh, you know, still hoping and praying that I was going to find my, you know, find a place to coach. And um, I actually had really linked up with um, just through, you know, mutual people that I had met at the gym that I was coaching at. Um, I had linked up with a husband and wife. Uh, her name was Casey Campbell, and uh, his name was Ian Campbell. And um, they were looking for a place to train. They wanted to do the competitive CrossFit thing. And, um, you know, I, I ended up inviting them out to my garage, and they turned me down because it was so far away. And I actually linked up with them one day. They ended up showing up at the gym that I was coaching at during one of my sessions. And uh, they loved it. They had such a great time. They liked my energy. They liked coaching. And they, uh, we ended up having a long conversation after, and, um, you know, they pretty much said that, you know, their coach was, uh, or their, you know, their gymnastics coaches at the time, their, the owner of their gymnastics facility was looking for a place or for a person to open a CrossFit gym with. And, um, you know, that was basically all I needed. I told them I was in, what do I need to do to get introduced? And so they made the introduction. We had a phone call and um, ended up meeting this gentleman in person and, um, you know, went and met him. We spent about an hour and a half, two hours together just kind of talking and him asking a lot of questions. And then I went on about my way and he said he would let me know if it was something he wanted to pursue. And, uh, you know, two weeks go by. Two weeks of sitting and wondering if your dream was going to be a reality is a, is a big deal. And, you know, I remember sitting in my house one night, and this is kind of how I found my way to faith, is I remember my house one night. And what does everybody do when everything is kind of stacked against you and you think nothing's going to happen? And you, you know, you just want that break. You want this, that little tiniest amount of air to breathe. We, you know, you go and you start talking to the higher power. And, you know, I, I basically, you know, prayed to, you know, to God, God, please deliver me something. Show me something that I'm on the right path. And uh, guys, I, you know, I wish I could be making this up, but the next day I received a call back from this gentleman and he said that we were a go and that he was ready to move forward on everything. So, you know, fast forward, ended up opening my CrossFit gym inside of a gymnastics facility, inside of a dingy old racquetball court, the paint was falling off the walls. I um, had a, a rogue rig and a couple boxes and then moved all of my gear and my two clients from my garage all into this facility. Had our grand opening, had a, a bunch of gymnastics parents that jumped in. And um, here I am again, five to 600 square feet, racquetball court. And um, there was no windows, no air conditioner. If it got really hot and sweaty in there, the, the walls would start to sweat. There was, it wasn't a, a normal door. It was a sliding door, like, you know, the type that you see that goes out onto, like, the back deck of a house and stuff like that. And um, that was all I needed. I wasn't about to be in this place to where I would be, you know, grumpy about being in a place like a, a racquetball, old dingy racquetball court trying to run a gym, especially, you know, the fact that when I would coach and talk, my, my voice would echo off the walls and you could barely hear what I was saying. Um, and, you know, I spent two years there learning how to be a better coach, learning how to be a better gym owner, um, really just kind of finding my way through this, this whole entrepreneurship thing. And, um, about that same time, I discovered books, I discovered podcasting, I discovered blogs, and I started just 
really diving into the world of personal development. And every time I would learn something, I would implement it. I, I basically got on this, you know, this rhythm to where I would read, you know, one book minimum every one to two months. And every year I would just, just go through an entire slew of books. And then on top of that, I had a 20 minute drive to the gym every day from the place we were living. And uh, I would also listen to a podcast to and from work. And I just began to fill my mind with things over and over and over again. And then that went from being at the racquetball court to taking over another room that was a racquetball court inside of that facility. And I had two racquetball courts across the hallway from each other. And I would coach a class together in unison, separate from each other. I would literally coach 10 people on one side and 10 on the other. And I would run a workout. I had ran speakers, all these things. I would run a workout on in two different rooms, bouncing back and forth and still coach at a high level because that's how bad I wanted it. At the same time, you know, if we kind of circle back to Ian and Casey, um, at the same time, I was coaching Casey Campbell and another gentleman by the name of uh, Richard, and they were high-level CrossFitters, and we were chasing the competitive CrossFit thing. They ended up both making it to regionals. Casey ended up going to the CrossFit Games as an individual, and all of these things just came from just trying and, and working hard and being diligent and just making small improvements over time. I developed a, a love for marketing and social media and how to, how to communicate with people, how to lead, and I grew from that small racquetball court. We ended up moving into, I stayed with the gymnastics facility. We ended up moving into another location where I got to about 2,500 square feet and I had my first garage door. I had a bathroom, I had a shower. They had basically built this room for me so that I could run my gym inside of their facility. And um, it eventually got to a spot where I'd kind of outgrown that too. And I had to break out on my own and uh, went and rented a, a, a 4,000 square foot facility. And that 4,000 square feet eventually turned into where I took over the other half. And uh, we're at about 10,000 square feet now. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we opened our Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu studio. So my point of telling you that entire story is that took place from, you know, around 2010 to about 2020 to about currently where we are now. The time of recording this, it's December 21st, 2020. So that is a 10-year journey really broken down into 34 minutes uh, based off the timer on the, the timer here. So my point of telling you that is this, is that it is very easy for us to look at where people are currently and really have no idea where they came from. Right now, I'm sure those of you who have been listening to the show for a long period of time, you probably didn't look at me and would have thought that I was divorced, that I had a horrible custody battle, that I almost had to get a job again, that I was a struggling coach, that I had no money, that I was living off of a credit card for, you know, several months on end trying to just make ends meet because I had a dream and I didn't want my wife to know, um, you know, how bad our money situation really was. And and I and I bet you look at that and you it's very easy to forget it. I know that every single time that I hear the story of a coach or a gym owner and listen to some of the trials and tribulations that they have, um, it always blows my mind. So my hope is that if you have made it through this entire story and you know you you do follow me on social media and you have listened to this show for a long period of time and you you know you see this guy who's got thousands of followers and a big gym and a team and a good family. If you would please just remember for a second that, number one, you can have those exact things too, and that two, 
all of those things were built on the back of hard work, right? And one of my favorite quotes and something that I always circle back to, um, and I actually heard uh, Alwyn Cosgrove actually say this one time, is that sometimes your opportunity and sometimes your goals come dressed in work clothes. And I love that because all I can think of, and, and you know, I can think of literally years that I would coach a 5.30 session and I would coach a 7 p.m. session and I would get home at 8.30, 8.45. I had a wife, I had a, a son, and then, a, and then a baby, and then eventually a third son. I remember coaching those amount of hours five days a week, an early morning session on Saturday, a personal training session on Sunday, and I did that for years trying to get to where I am now, which makes it even more frustrating when I look at gyms all around me that are so willing to not open up, that are so willing to close and to be told what to do by people who have no ideas what that kind of work takes, right? I mean, and I can record a whole episode and go on a rant about that, but um, a lot of us gym owners up there that have chosen to, um, you know, make our own decisions, make our own decisions and to really think for ourselves at this current time in life, where we are with, you know, with COVID and the election and all these crazy things that are going on. I'm not going to go into that conversation, but I will tell you that with all of that hard work and all of the grit and the fighting and the blood, sweat and tears and the restless nights and the, the losses and the failures that most entrepreneurs and I know gym owners have experienced, that exact story, I hope, would paint a, a picture as to if you do see a business owner, if you do see a gym owner that is deciding to stay open during this time, that's why. Because all of that work is not willing to just be given up. Right? So that's my story, guys. I, I hope that if one person listening to this story gets inspired, if one person, I, I had a gentleman a few weeks ago that reached out to me that said he, he had heard uh, part of my story on another show where I was interviewed, and uh, he had basically shared that he was a, a government contractor as well, and to hear that story, he related to it on so many levels. So from, you know, being an overweight, <clears throat> you know, Navy, Navy guy that got out and was a, a veteran that was really lost, to a government contractor that hated my job, to starting a business, to divorces, custody battles, losing business partners, and then growth, and then, you know, getting my back to the wall, and then a lot of things kind of falling in line. To hear those things, I hope that if one person gets inspired, if one person, if one of you listening to this show gets inspired by that very thing and you go and you do something cool because of it, then it was worth it. This could be the, the least listened to show or it could be the most listened to show, but as long as it helps one person, I'm glad that I spent time recording it. So I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I hope that, uh, again, this show gave you some fire. And then, um, as always, guys, I look forward to talking with you and, you know, interacting with you guys on social media and inside of the review board. And um, I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.